0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 466 for May 10th, 2015. AT&T loosens its belt on throttling of unlimited plans. T-Mobile announces the end of MetroPCS's CDMA network. And Amazon Prime Video comes to the friendly skies. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey coppas Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, welcome back to Joey this week. And last week we talked uh, all about uh, the, obviously, the news and everything that was going on. But uh, a lot about the Apple Watches. well Uh, end of week two here for me with it uh, still going well still wearing it every day have not sold it yet joey Uh, so i guess that is a a good thing and uh, generally just still trying to get used to what this new screen in my life means
1: yeah, exactly. Because normally, when you get a new device and it's just not really working for you, I, I start getting iMessages from you that are saying, "Well, I think I'm uh, going to put this on eBay and and I'm looking at the prices of the what they're going for right now on eBay." And uh, so I haven't heard any of that, so that's a good sign.
0: Nothing yet. You know, I, I think the the exciting thing about uh, having something like this is is just the, the kind of the exploratory learning process and trying to see where this is going to fit in. Um, I, I felt I mentioned this before the show to Joey. I said, I feel a lot like how I felt with the original iPad. It's kind of a, I could take it or leave it. If it all of a sudden wasn't in my life now, I wouldn't uh, think anything differently about it. But, um, but as I go through things, it, it's nice to, uh, it's there are some good side effects of, of having this here. Obviously, it's nice to have, um, you know, not to have to pull up my phone to see every single notification that comes through. Uh, but also things like the fact, I mentioned this last week, the battery life is so much better now on the phone because the screen is not lighting up all the time and that, that battery usage is just shifting. Shifting over to the watch. And so I'll, I'll end the day with the watch at, you know, 40 or 50% battery, but the phone is like 60, 70. I think I had one day over 80% battery just because I'm not, pu- I'm not pulling it out. I'm not turning the screen on.
1: And if I don't take any phone calls, then it just lasted quite a long time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazingly helpful too, especially on busy days when you need that extra battery life, if you're doing some navigation or something like that. So, uh, you know, the use case, uh, you know, obviously this is a first generation device too, you know, uh, uh, like the iPad, which the very first version of it, you know, didn't do anything compared to the versions that we have today. So it's, you know, it's only going to get better from here.
0: I think so. And, you know, I, the, the overall layout, uh, you know, and the, the size of it and everything like that, I think it's still, you know, still appropriate, um, you know, it's an underpowered uh, device. I think from you know where uh, where we're going to see these things coming up here in the next couple of years, but that's okay. I mean, it's it's a again, it's a first gen device. Look at the first iPad; that was incredibly underpowered compared to today, today's standards as well. And so again, it it's it's all about kind of what what this device represents and and what's going to be happening in the future with this. Again, I, uh, I I'm I'm still excited and happy that I have it and and to be able to play with it. And I think the wearable
1: um, segment is something that's going to just continue to expand. Well, you know, it's just, it's really the next thing for these companies to explore because, you know, they've kind of almost played out the smartphone market. You know, the tablet market is, it's somewhat niche, you know, it's not as big as they were hoping that, you know, Apple still sells a lot of iPads, but it's not not a massive, massive market like like the PC market is, or, you know, maybe, maybe more so was, but, you know, this is kind of the new hip thing. And, and you know, looking at the, the, the physicality uh, on your wrist, actually Mickey, the size looks pretty good to me. I was thinking it was going to look more like a, you know, like I've seen Motorola three sixties and they're just huge. And it looks actually pretty darn good on your wrist as far as size wise. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I haven't yet seen one in person, but I bet you the, the smaller, smaller 38 millimeter may actually work for me.
0: Yeah, I, I do have uh, someone in my office who's got the thirty eight millimeter version, and it is uh, you know it is noticeably smaller, um, but I, it's uh, at the same point. It's uh, you know there's there's two sizes because not everybody's wrist is the same. I'm still happy I got this size. I think it's great. Um, I I like overall just what it you know how it how it looks. And to your point, uh, uh, I, I'd like the black on black. That that works out really well for me. And just based on my I guess my fashion, although that's just kind of a misnomer because it's like my lack of fashion makes the black on black work out very well for me. So anyway... Uh, that's, uh, That's what I will say about that, and we'll move on from the Apple Watch. First up today, a federal appeals court ruled on the NSA's phone spying program that it is against the law. The program has been in place since shortly after September 2001, authorized under Section 215 of the Patriot Act. The program was revealed in detail in 2013 by NSA contractor Edward Snowden. Since then, the NSA and the program have come under heavy fire for sweeping up American cell phone call data, including location data and duration of calls such expansive development of government repositories from formerly private records would be an unprecedented contraction of the privacy expectations of all americans said the three judge panel they further said we expect such a momentous decision to be preceded by substantial debate and we expressed in unmistakable language there's no such evidence of such a debate so point here is that you've got, um, you, I think moving forward, we're going to find ourselves with all sorts of other, uh, you know, conversations about this information and what's happened with this. And obviously this, the Snowden leaks have been, you know, kind of the, the thing that's got us all talking about this stuff. And so um, interesting to hear that a federal appeals court is now essentially sided with this. And uh, so we move on from it. And uh, as we get into the next kind of phases of, of what that means, we'll uh, discuss those as well. Also on the national level, a federal court ruling that the police can obtain cell phone location records from carriers without first getting a warrant. A Florida man was convicted of seven armed robberies in 2010 and argued that cell phone records used to place him in the vicinity of the robberies were robberies were protected under the Fourth Amendment. A Florida court initially agreed with Davis's argument, but the Justice Department appealed that ruling and heard the case earlier this year. The Eleventh U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the Florida ruling and said Davis's rights were unreasonable against unreasonable search and seizure were not violated. Davis has no uh, had no subjective or objective reasonable expectation of privacy in the Metro PCS's business records showing his cell tower locations and that wirelessly, wirelessly connected his calls uh, where he was near 6 of the 7 robberies according to those records said the judges they also said that they maintained the records were created by Metro PCS and belonged to the company rather than to Davis the ruling applies to law enforcement activity in Alabama, Georgia and Florida which fall under that 11th US Circuit Court The reach of the majority opinion, though, um, is uh, quite expansive, and uh, the attorney for Davis said it means that the government can get anything stored by a third party, your Facebook posts, Amazon purchases, internet search history, even documents and pictures that you store in the cloud, all without a warrant, and uh, law enforcement agencies in these states can obtain cell records from carriers without that warrant, but they cannot search an individual cell phone uh, without a warrant, so keep that in mind. Also, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2013 that the police must obtain a warrant before searching actual handsets as well.
1: Well, and that's kind of, you know, if you kind of take one step back and think about what the police do during investigations, I mean, they'll go to businesses and ask for their their security camera footage, and they'll ask for records of, you know, banking records they pull. They pull all this stuff uh, in the course of a normal investigation. To me, you know, contacting a third party and, you know, looking up the phone number and and finding out the carrier and requesting that information seems like it would be a uh, pretty typical operating policy. I think so.
0: And, you know, under, understandably, there's, you know, if you're, you know, accused of caught and accused of something, you're going to be trying to figure out a way to defend yourself. And so obviously, they're going after, you know, some of the the technicalities here and, and how um, how expansive a decision like this could actually be and, and what that could mean. But but ultimately, you know, you're, th- this individual sounds like was, uh, you know, dead to rights in certain respects. And this was something to help corroborate that evidence. And, uh, you know, six of the seven areas and it sounds uh, I, I was looking into this one a little bit. It, it sounds like uh, that this was this was more of a uh, trying to set you know precedent for things more than anything. So that's that's what I can that kind of how I feel about this one. But interesting nonetheless.
1: Well, you, you know, really, it just it tells you the one the one message it really tells you if you are going to be committing any sort of crimes, do not use any sort of electronic device at any point in time ever before or ever after right and don't bring your phone with you because it's going to track where you're going
0: and you know yeah just be on your own go go and do your thing and just then go get your stuff afterwards but leave it all at home while you're doing that <laughs> that's, that's that's. don't do it okay just don't do any of it yeah don't do any of it there you go Uh, In Sprint news, following the earnings reports last week, they reported their results this week, edging out T-Mobile to remain in the number three spot for U.S. wireless carriers. Uh, Sprint added 1.2 million total customers in the period, though it lost prepaid handset customers and pared back those losses compared to earlier quarters. Sprint has been trying to stop its subscriber losses with expanded distribution, discounted offerings, and a slowly improving network. At the end of the first quarter, they had 57.14 million total customers compared to the 50 six point eight four of T-Mobile. That's a difference of just 305,000 customers. Sprint again added 1.2 million total customers uh, in its CDMA and LTE networks. That's up from a net loss of 383,000 a year ago. It also marked the most Sprint customer additions the company has recorded in three years. Overall, the company has a net post uh, port positive for the first time in nearly three years and for the first quarter, meaning they've attracted more customers from competitors than it lost to competitors, so that's good for them. On the ARPU side, they reported a retail postpaid average of $56.72 average revenue per user. That's down from 62.98 in the year ago period, though the carrier posted a net loss of uh, 224 million that's larger than the 151 million in the year ago quarter the churn also fell uh, to 1.84% that's down from over 2% in the year ago period uh, and 2.3% in the fourth quarter of last year sprint said it's also reduced its postpaid churn by increasing credit standards improving the handset lineup and improving the network experience AT&T on Wednesday changing its network management policy so customers with grandfathered unlimited plans won't be throttled as aggressively. Under the old policy, AT&T throttled the speeds of unlimited 4G customers once they exceeded five gigs of data in a single month. The speeds were then throttled down to 2.5 gig speed 2.5 G speeds, that'd be edge speeds for the rest of the billing period. Unlimited customers who now exceed five gigs of data in a single month will see their data speeds slowed down, but only at times and locations where AT&T needs to manage network congestion. They said all customers can still use unlimited data without incurring overage charges, and their speeds will be restored with the start of the next billing cycle. So whether or not that actually means anything in a change in the experience for an AT&T customer, it's a change of at least forward-facing, public-facing policy on how they're going to do this. So you're going to see essentially a a usage scenario, I guess, in an area if if it's not uh, a heavily taxed tower where you can actually use as much data as you want at high speed.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say if that's just a, uh, you know, a ploy and just say, well, all of our towers are congested or if it's, if it's, you know, going to be uh, good for customers. I'd, if anybody is on this particular plan and gets throttled, I would love to know if, uh, if in fact that it changes for them and becomes faster and, you know, in most areas.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's the point is, you know, if you, if you go over the five gigs and you happen to be, we'll just use a, a generic setting. I'll say you're in a downtown area in the middle of a, a day during the Monday, Monday through Friday. A lot of people on the towers and, you know, I bet you are going to get throttled. But then you go home and, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you do another speed test. Does it change? Does it go back up? Is it actually dynamic like this where it's changing? I guess that that's the point here that we need to find out here. So, yeah, let us know if you uh, if you happen to be one of those folks. T-Mobile on Tuesday announcing the Never Settle Trial. This is a program aimed specifically at Verizon customers. The service trial will let Verizon uh, customers test out T-Mobile services for a period of two weeks with no commitment. The trial requires Verizon customers port their number to T-Mobile, but they'll hold on to their own Verizon phone in the process. If a customer doesn't want to switch over at the end of the trial, T-Mobile will refund any fees incurred during the trial and even cover any activation charges Verizon may impose. However, at the end of the trial, if you want to stay with T-Mobile, they'll pay off your early termination fee and any remaining phone payments at that point the customer will then turn in their phone to verizon uh, who will then then have to buy a new phone from t-mobile and pair it with a simple choice plan verizon said customers can sign up for the never settle trial between may 13th and may 31st so uh, interesting in certain respects, two weeks free trial use T-Mobile, no big deal. Uh, but then you also have to switch over and import over your phone. So it does actually take a little bit of a, you know, a commitment on the part of, a, of the the customer here where they're saying, okay, I'm happy to try it out. But I'm also going to essentially terminate my agreement with Verizon to do this. And yeah, I can switch back over and T-Mobile will you know pay for all of that to do so. But you know, there's a little rigmarole, I guess, is the, the way to put it that you're going to have to go through to get to make that happen. But you could try it out if you wanted to.
1: Well, that's the reason why they're doing that, because they assume you're not going to want to do that rigmarole to actually switch back.
0: Yeah. Well, but but here's the deal. If I, I I like the other trial better, right? I like the one week just send me a phone, let me try it out. And, you know, I can forward all my phone calls to that other number and then use that device to to understand, you know, how the network's going to be. But uh, you know, it's not the same as using your own phone and, and really kind of going all in right on, on using a network and, and, and doing that. So uh, but yeah, it's you know, yet another you know shot across the bow at uh, the national t- you know tier one or top two carriers, I guess it is, and trying to get people to switch over to T-Mobile. So we'll see if this one actually does anything for them.
1: Well, and this is how, you know, like you said, it's uh, you know it's kind of starting to erode the foundation of the two big, uh the two big carriers and you know we have get more and more little ones coming in however you know unfortunately most of our Envia knows so they really you know they're the, the big carriers aren't going anywhere yet but uh if this continues on this course we will probably start to see uh, you know the one or one or both of the big carriers start to be affected by these uh, little guys.
0: I think so. I mean, I, I think that's their goal, right? Is to to pr- provide uh, the customer uh, another choice, and if that choice is, uh, you know, comes with all of the the uncarrier initiatives, and that choice comes with a less, uh, you know, lower monthly bill, um, <clears throat> there's a lot to love about this stuff. We've we talked about this pretty much every week for the last two years since they started doing this. Is that T-Mobile is really trying to get this co- this coverage and this. Experience exposure to show people that you don't have to you know pay the money that you do to Verizon or AT&T and and you can do this and <clears throat> whether or not it's going to work for you they don't know and so that's why they say come and try the network and if it does great and if it doesn't then go back and do what you're doing but at least you gave us a shot so yet another way for them to uh, to help us uh, you know to help us make a decision on whether or not their network is going to be the best for everyone as their customer also in T-Mobile news uh, they announced this week that they'll be shuttering the Metro PCS legacy CDMA network box. By late June. The company recently said it. it's got three major Metro markets or only about 500,000 customers still using the CDMA network. However, Metro parent company, T-Mobile, said that the shutdown wasn't planned until the end of the year. Now, Metro website says all customers need to transition to its GSM and LT network by June 21st, after which phones operating on their legacy network are not guaranteed to have service. T-Mobile has already refarmed approximately 80% of the legacy CDMA network spectrum from its own L. LTE 4G service. MetroPCS said customers with older devices can turn in their handsets for credits towards new devices compatible with its LTE network. T-Mobile acquired MetroPCS and has now been moving their customers over to its own network. One device story this week, a T-Mobile on Thursday said it would be making the BlackBerry Classic available to its customers starting on May 13th. The Classic has been sold by other carriers for months, but T-Mobile's decision to offer the phone marks a change for the carrier, which has in the past actively campaigned against their customers using BlackBerrys and encouraged them to trade them in in favor of other smartphones. The Classic runs BlackBerry 10 with a traditional bar-style phone in a square touchscreen and physical QWERTY keyboard. Customers can pick up the Classic for zero down, followed by monthly payments of 18 bucks. full retail price $440. And I'm sure you've got one on pre-order. I absolutely do not. Software news, Dropbox on Tuesday, providing an update to its iOS application, letting users create Word, Excel, and PowerPoint files from within the Dropbox app, even if they don't have the separate... Uh, Office applications installed. Dropbox says users can create, edit, and share Office docs in the iOS app and access them from other devices or on the web. The updated app adds a new homepage view as well that includes a Recents tab. This shows the most recently viewed, uploaded, or edited files so you can get back to them quickly. The app also makes it possible to add comments to Dropbox files as well as invite others to comment on those files for a collaboration. Dropbox says all the features work together to help improve user productivity. Dropbox is free to download from the iTunes App Store store. Google updated Google Maps for Android, and now lets users access more personal information regarding their locations with a quick search. Google Maps pulls users' data into Gmail or data from G- users' Gmail accounts, and will automatically make events details available in Maps. Google says users who want to uh, make a flight or dinner reservation, for example, will be able to find those locations on a map using the My Events tool. Maps already searches through users' calendars to automatically add events uh, to uh, event locations to Maps. A new search tool also makes it easier to find them as well google maps free android is free to download from the play store and thanks to a new partnership between Amazon and JetBlue, Prime members can now stream content from Amazon Instant Video while in the air. The new partnership will enable FlyFi for Amazon Prime members, giving them access to thousands of movies, TV shows, and more for no additional cost. FlyFi will give users internet speeds that will work uh, while they work to get similar to at home thanks to the satellite technology being used. Amazon Prime members are not the only ones benefiting from the partnership. All JetBlue customers will now be able to to browse, rent, and purchase thousands of titles in the Amazon Instant Video Store over that free broadband internet. So essentially, if you're a Prime member, you can now watch the content on these JetBlue flights. If you're not a Prime member, you can buy it while you're on these flights. So good news there if you're looking for something to do while you're on a JetBlue flight. And one comment this week, it comes to us from Greg. Greg says, Mickey, long time no talk in regards to the Bluetooth device that Patrick was asking about last week. I wear a Blue Ant Q3 for 12 to 18 hours a day uh, when I'm listening to media, which I don't really do that often, but the device will pause the media to announce an incoming call for me to accept it or deny it. After I take the call and then complete it, the media starts right back up where I left off. Uh, If you may recall that I'm still using a BlackBerry, um, so I'm not sure how to do it on the iPhone. Uh, However, I've used the Q3 in my BlackBerry 9700, Z10, Passport, and now the BlackBerry Classic. I don't think it has anything to do... uh, It has a way to do manual pause and playback, but perhaps one of the other Blue Ant products will do that. On another note, I'm experiencing a little anxiety over the brand new unopened Apple Watch that's been sitting on my dining room table since the Saturday before last. Uh, my son uh, has uh, is is overseas and uh, is dating somebody, and his father had a the Apple Watch shipped to my house so that I can take it over when I go and visit him because it's not available yet in Denmark. Yes, I know what the heck would I do with this watch, but it would be cool to play with. Of course, uh, hope all is well, Greg. P.S. If you have anyone looking for a mint condition passport, I'd like to. Sell mine, let me know. Well, Greg, thanks for the recommendation here. So, we talked last week about you know Bluetooth headsets uh, that were able to play and pause media on the go. So, check out Blue Ant. Uh, Patrick, if you're looking for something that uh, looks like the Q3 is a possibility for you. And that's all we have this week. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us comments to questions at the thecellphonejunkie.com. We'd also love to hear your questions, too. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can do so by calling 650-999-0524. Again, 650-999-0524. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.